Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and this is Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, my faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. Hallelujah. Anything that's in your life that's bugging you and bothering you right now, it's possible for you to overcome it, to get over it, to get through it, to come out on the other side in victory. Even though things may have been hard, may have been bad, maybe for a long time. All things are possible with God and to him or her that believes. It's possible that in a very short amount of time, just looking to God and believing him and doing what he's telling you to do, that all those things that have harassed you for all this time could be gone and changed. And it's like a bad dream that happened to somebody else. And now you are free. This is the will of God, and He is well able to affect it in the lives of those that trust Him. So get your Bible, get you something to make a note with. Come on into the class. Let's release faith to get those answers today. Father, thank you so much for being so kind, so good, so gracious to us all. You have sustained us, and that's why we've made it this far. And you are well able to sustain us all the way so that we're enabled to run our entire race and finish our complete course. We thank you for that. We, we decree and say, with long life, you will satisfy us and show us your salvation. Thank you for it. Thank you for words and utterance and ears and that can hear today. And we give you the praise for every good thing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Look with me again, please, in Matthew, the ninth chapter. We're down to our ninth uh, individual account of healing in our study uh, of faith for healing. And we'll begin reading in the 27th verse, Matthew 9, 27. When Jesus departed there, two blind men followed him, crying and saying, You son of David? Have mercy on us. And when he was come into the house, the blind men came to him. So they came right on into the house after they had followed him. And Jesus said to them, Believe ye that I am able to do this? Now let's just stop right there. Was it necessary for him to ask this question? I mean, couldn't he just said, Come over here, I'll take care of it? Now, a lot of folks like to, like to think so because they, uh, even though they may not realize it, they believe that Jesus ministered as God. If he did, there are so many problems with other scriptures. For one, he said if we believe on him, the works he did, we'd do also. If he did the things he did as God, how can we believe that? How can we do what he did? Can you see this? Uh, the scripture talks about that he was tempted in all points, just like us. 
yet without sin. If, if Jesus operated always knowing everything, then has he been tempted like me? And I don't know everything, <laughs> right? Are you? I mean, <laughs> you could fill the ocean with books on what we don't know, <laughs> right? I mean, we just, and, and you wouldn't know what it feels like or, or the temptation to feel panicky because of something you don't know. Or, and if, if Jesus operated as God in omnipotence, that he could just do anything with all power anytime he wanted to, he doesn't know what it feels like to be weak, unable, right? And yet the Bible said he did become a man. He emptied himself. He laid aside his mighty weight and power and glory. Uh, he, Jesus said, I'm quoting him verbatim, I can of my own self do nothing. Did Jesus say that? Yes. Then he's obviously not operating as God. He's functioning as a man. He said, I can only, I only say what I hear the Father say. I only do what I see him do. I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. I can of my own self do nothing. So was it necessary for him to turn and ask them, do you believe I'm able to do this? Must have been, right? Why is it recorded? Why did he do it? He's not playing uh, silly games with them. He's not doing something uh, frivolously or, uh, or unnecessarily. It, what happens with them in the next few minutes in this situation is determined by where they are in their faith. And the first step was, do you believe I can minister this to you? Do you believe this anointing is here on me? Do you believe that? And they had the right answer. <laughs> right? Yes. And, but then they're still not healed. Can you see that? They believe God can heal them. They believe the anointings on Jesus to minister to them, and yet they're not healed. And see, that describes millions of people today. They believe God is real. They believe God has all power. They believe God can heal them. So they have faith in the power of God in that extent, and yet they're not healed. Because faith in the power of God is not the same as faith to receive. Did you hear that, class? Not the same as faith to receive. Mark eleven twenty four 24 is familiar around here at faith school. Jesus talked about in uh, teaching the disciples and us. He said, what things ever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Notice what he said. Do we have that? Mark eleven twenty four. 24. Be believe what? Believe that you receive them. Uh, you'll hear people say, well, well, I believe. I believe. I'm a strong believer. In what? You believe what? See, that's too vague. That's too general. Oh, I believe God is real. The devils believe that. And tremble, the Bible says, right? It's not doing them any good. Well, I believe God can do anything. That's great. That's a good first step. But that alone won't get you healed. Are y'all with me, class? I believe God can do anything. That's great. 
That's what he said. You believe I'm able to do this? They said, yes. Okay. We've passed step one. Right? Great. We can keep going. But they're still not healed. If you stop right there, they're not healed. And yet they do have faith. What? It's not faith to receive. It's faith that God's power is real. Faith that God's power can heal. So Mark eleven twenty four, what things soever you desire, uh, when you pray, believe, and then it's not just fill in the blank. Oh, I believe that with God in His own good time and His own good way. That's not what it said. I believe that God's all powerful; He can do anything. That's not what it said. Believe what? Believe, believe that you receive them and actually that same word translated receive there is in other places in the same King James Bible translated take. T-A-K-E. Take. Believe that you take them and you shall have them. Believe that you take them. Now, And what we studied last week with the woman with the issue of blood, isn't that exactly what she did? Yes. I mean that's exactly what she did. She didn't ask anybody if it'd be okay. She, she didn't even ponder if it might not be God's will. She came behind Jesus, snuck up behind him, and, and, and reached and touched and took a healing. He's not, he's not ministering to the sick. He's not preaching. He's trying to get from point A to point B in the massive crowd. And she just took it and, and is going to get out of there like the cat that got the canary and smile. And the Lord said, whoa, 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 whoa. Who touched me? Who did it? Somebody touched me. And she couldn't get away with it. But when she finally came and told him, he wasn't upset with her. He, he said, he didn't say, you should have asked first. You should. What if it wasn't the will of God? Right? No, see, that's religious confusion. That's men's traditions that have been taught for generations now instead of what Jesus taught. No, faith is not passive. Faith is aggressive. Faith lays hold. Faith takes. Can you see this? And can you see that these guys, they didn't sit back and wait for somebody to notice them. And we have seen that over and over again in all these cases. Uh, let, let me just remind you uh, on some of these others, the leper we've already seen, he came to Jesus and besought him. Remember that? Uh, Lord, I know you can heal me if you will. And the Lord said, I will. Touched him. He was healed. The nobleman's son. The nobleman came to Jesus and besought him to come. Peter's wife's mother. They besought Jesus for her. Um, the palsied man by four. Uh, they got the man to the house, got him up on top of the house, right? Tore off the roof. Can you see this? Uh, the centurion sent people to Jesus. Uh, Jairus came to see Jesus. The woman with the issue of blood pressed through the crowd to get to Jesus. I think you get the picture. Yes. None of these sat back at home and sang Kumbaya. <laughs> Come by here, Lord. Come check on me. None of them did. Faith gets up and goes after it. Yes. Can you see this? Yes. Faith rises up 
and lays hold, takes it. And and, uh, the enemy, oh, he hates this because this will cause a manifestation of a miracle. The devil hates this and he tries his best to suppress it and, and, and keep people away from it. But it's not like you're trying to rend something out of the hand of God that he didn't want you to have. No, you can't receive anything unless it's already been given from heaven. That's what the scripture says in John. A man can receive nothing unless it's been given from heaven. And it's not like uh, the Lord doesn't want us to have it. He wouldn't have bought it and paid for it and given it to us if he didn't want us to have it. But he's not going to receive it for us. He's not going to. You know, the Bible said, unless you become converted and become as a little child, you won't enter in to the things of the kingdom of God. And uh, one, of the, one of the ways you'll see that is little children are not bashful about receiving. Right? I'm talking about little ones, you know, that hadn't learned all the dumb stuff yet. They, they just, you know, if you're saying, uh, here, we have popsicles, none of them will back up and go, oh, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy of a, a popsicle. No, I mean, by the time you get through saying popsicle, they've got their hand on it. Is that right? They know how to receive. And we must become that way because we are God's little children. And when he says, healing for everybody, I mean, by the time he gets through saying it, you ought to be grabbing yours. Is that right? Healing for everybody, you know, abundance for everybody, you ought to be grabbing yours. Right? Going after it aggressively, that's not presumption, that's responding to what he has so freely given. Can you say amen? Look with me, if you would, over in the book of uh, Hebrews, the sixth chapter and 11. It says, we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope uh, or expectation to the end, that you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. He goes on to talk about Abraham. He says, when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, surely blessing I'll bless you and multiplying I'll multiply you. So after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. We need understanding of this word patience. Did you notice he added a word on that last verse, patiently endured? And the word patience, the Bible word that's translated into the English patience, does not describe passively waiting. That is not what it's talking about. And that's been a source of confusion. It means persistence and perseverance and can be translated endurance. Endurance. Through faith and endurance, you obtain the promise. Through faith and persistence, perseverance, you'll get it. Why am I saying that? Can you not see that in these accounts we've already been over? That woman with the issue of blood, did she have to endure, make up her mind? Did she have to stay with it? That she's going to get through that crowd? I mean, these two blind men we're talking about right now. 
was it easy for them fumbling around trying to get to Jesus? And, and uh, you know, when they didn't see an immediate response, uh, they didn't give up. I mean, they found the house. They went on inside the house. <laughs> Can you see that? Faith keeps going. Faith won't give up. Faith won't quit. Now, here's one of the big things. Time tries trust. Through faith and patience, you inherit the promises. Through faith and perseverance. And one of the big things is when you don't understand. Now, see, they could have thought, well, why hasn't he already answered us? You know, maybe he doesn't want to talk to us. And the enemy is always quick to bring you a bunch of things. Well, he doesn't like you. And uh, he's tired. He doesn't want to fool with you. And, and all these kind of things. But obviously, they needed to demonstrate some persistence. Now, that's not what's been taught us in church. What's been taught us is go sit down and be quiet and be nice. And if God wants to do something for you, he'll let you know. <laughs> but that's not what the Bible teaches. That's not what uh, is revealed to us of what faith is. Faith is not passive. Faith is aggressive. Faith rises up and steps out. Faith goes for it and won't quit. It just keep on after it. It'll just keep on after it, keep on after it. I've, I've heard people say before, well, yeah, but I've been, you know, I've been believing on this for two years now. Well, have you seen it all? No. Well, keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Right? Don't give up. Don't cast away your confidence, the scripture says. It has great recompense of reward. Uh, you see that here? Go, go, that's right over next door in the 10th chapter of Hebrews. 10 and 35, it said, cast not away your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. You have need of patience that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Verse 34, now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Just a few verses later, in Hebrews 11, it says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. So it's impossible to please him if you're pulling back, sitting back, drawing back, passive. Did you notice that phrase in Hebrews 6? We left it maybe a little too quickly. In verse 12, he said, don't be slothful. Don't be slothful. Well, another word for slothful is lazy. Don't be lazy. Why, why would he say that? Don't be lazy. Can you be spiritually lazy? Yes. Yeah, you can. And sadly, that's what religion teaches you to be. It teaches you. Uh, you'll find that people, um, people that do go to church, they gravitate to the kind of church that shares their commitment level. <laughs> huh? They do. Um, if their commitment level is real low, then they want to go to a church who their, most of their commitment level is low because they don't want anybody asking them to do more than what they want to do. And if you're 
your commitment level is low, you don't like going to a church that has a high commitment level because they will annoy you. They're always doing more and they always want to do more and you want to do less. And so it's, it's irritating. But uh, we do have a giant part to play in the manifestations of God that happen in our life. And like my father in the faith, uh, Kenneth Hagin, used to say, he said, uh, the blessings of God don't just fall on you like ripe cherries off a tree. <laughs> what, what does he mean by that? They don't just fall on you. What, what does it mean? Uh, so people say, well, you're talking about works. You're talking about works. It's all been given to us by grace. I'm not talking about the works of the law and being righteous by works. No, get off of that. Uh, even when God gives you something, you still have to go pick it up. When God rained manna out of the sky, they couldn't just sit in their tents and wait for the manna to march itself home. Right? When it comes to sowing and reaping, you plant your seed. And God blesses the, the, the land with rain and the sunshine and all that. But when it's harvest time, the corn, the wheat, whatever, does not come off the plant by itself and find its way to the barn or silo by itself. You have to put in the sickle. You have to harvest it. You have to pick it. You have to lay hold of it. And that's what the Bible says, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold. Hold. Everybody say, lay hold, lay hold. Why do you have to be so determined? Why? Why would it be? Why would God make it that way? He didn't make it that way. There's an adversary. I said, there's an adversary. You have an enemy. You have an adversary, and he will oppose you and resist you every step of the way. And if he can wear you down and get you to give up and quit, then he will. And you won't receive. You won't see it. But you got to make up your mind that if the Lord thought enough of me to go to the links that he did and buy it and pay for it and give it to me, then I'm going to have it. I'm going to enjoy it, right? Nobody's bigger than him. So if I'll stay with it, and that's one of the biggest keys, you don't have to know everything. You don't know everything in the start. You don't have to see how it's all going to work out. What you do have to do is not quit. you got to keep on getting up every morning, saying, Lord, I trust you. Lord, show me the next step. Lord, I know you gave this to me. I lay hold of it by faith. It's mine. I refuse to go. I don't care what I see or what I feel. If you say it's mine, it's mine, right? And if you will be persistent and determined and aggressive in your faith like that, nothing can keep it from happening. Nothing, nothing can stop it. Nothing can stop it. You know, God gave them, uh, his first covenant people, the promised land, right? The land that flowed with milk and honey. And he said, uh, more than one place, he said, I have given it to you. Then what did he say? Go up and possess it. <laughs> Why would you say that? Well, they found out soon enough that there was a bunch of giants parked on it, right? <laughs> that, that did not accept that it was theirs. And yet it was still theirs. But there was an enemy uh, trying to keep them out 
of what God had given them. And that's the way it is today. There's an enemy. There's an adversary. And he's, he's trying, seeking whom he can uh, destroy and devour. But we're told, resist him steadfast in the faith. And if you won't give up and quit, just like Abraham, through faith and persistent endurance, you will obtain, you will experience, and you'll have a good testimony. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And other people can be inspired not to quit as well. Can you say amen? Amen. He said uh, in in chapter 6 there, I'm going to read this in the the New Living Translation. Uh, Verse 12, it says, Then you will... In other words, he, he said, hold your confidence steadfast to the end. Then you won't become spiritually dull and indifferent. Instead, you'll follow the example of those inheriting God's promises because of their faith and endurance. The New English says that you may not be sluggish. The Amplified says, in order that you may not grow disinterested and become spiritual sluggards. Spiritual sluggards. Uh, you don't want to be a spiritual sluggard are there spiritual sluggards around oh yeah oh yeah you couple never being fed faith uh, with that the resulting weak weak spirit you don't you don't have any spiritual energy to want to do anything and then if your leaders have told you you don't need to do anything. It's all up to God. Well, people just lay back and do nothing. And the enemy just steals and kills and destroys. And then people explain it away. Well, it must have been God's mysterious, unknowable will. The enemy is getting away literally with murder. He's getting away with thievery and destruction and murder. And people are blaming God for it. It's sad, and it shouldn't be when the Bible plainly tells us what's going on if we have eyes to see. But you got to discount, and you got to get rid of the traditions that have replaced the Word of God. No, we have a spiritual responsibility. Think about, uh, the Bible says, uh, uh, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God. Then it goes through the helmet and breastplate and shield of faith and all those things. Well, why do you need all that? To go sit down and take a nap? (laughs) Why do you need need the sword of the Spirit, shield of faith and and all those things just to go and sit down and wait on God to do it? Why do you need it? You must be in a fight. Is that right? Well, fighting takes energy. It takes a lot of energy, Right? And I mean, when the fighting's hot and heavy, you may be tired, but you better not quit. Right? You, better, you quit and you, you're done for. You have to push on. You have to continue to persist and expect and believe. And when you do, hallelujah, nothing can stop you. No, the enemy cannot stop you. He wants to, but he can't. Say it out loud, I'm strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might. Nothing's bigger than God. The greater one lives in me. I fight the good fight of faith and I win. Hallelujah. 
And that's it. Our time's up for now. Come back with us tomorrow. We've got to see more of this here in Faith School. I've got the victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390. 